It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can go to LockedOnPackers.com to find all of the podcast content all in one place, all right there for you. You can also go to AcmePackingCompany.com where I write about the Packers for SB Nation. And I, I encourage you to go to FanRag NFL. I, I write about more than just the Packers. I will write about just about any team you can think of, which is which is sort of the point. And, and it's fun. It is Opponent Wednesday. Mike Triplett from ESPN, he covers the New Orleans Saints. He will join us. And I just want to give you a heads up. We had some technological problems. I had uh, some construction going on in my building, and so there were some noise issues, and, and that led to some some uh, technology constraints for us and so the audio quality is on the interview on Mike's end is not is not as high as I would normally like and and that's uh, that's my fault for not getting the the technology in order and and frankly I didn't think the uh, the the sound issues would be as big as they would be in terms of the the noise in my apartment so um, I apologize in advance for that but it, there, it's still a great chat uh, we, we pre-recorded it uh, to accommodate schedules so um, he will break down the New Orleans Saints and what we can attribute this three-game turnaround. The defense is playing considerably better than it was the first two games of the year when Minnesota and New England torched that Saints defense. They've been aggressive. They've been flying downhill. They scored 52 points in a game that Drew Brees threw one touchdown in. So 
this is going to be a good test for Brett Hundley, and I'm going to get to that. But before we get to any of the Packers stuff, I want to tell you a story because I I hesitated to tweet about it because 140 characters, there's some context issues. But I'm I'm walking to the game on Sunday, and I had to I had to go to a bar to watch it because it wasn't on locally here. And I'm with my wife, and we're both we're both in 12 jerseys, and across the street, I see Chris Carter, the former Minnesota Vikings receiver and and current Fox Sports 1 personality. And his show is in New York now with Nick Wright. And I, I point to him. Well, I didn't point to him. I pointed him out to my wife. I, I said, do you see that guy with his in the Adidas gear? So that's Chris Carter. He played for the Vikings. And she's so funny. And we walk by. We cross the street. He's walking the opposite direction that we are. And he sees us. And with a big smile on his face in perfect Chris Carter fashion. He's hissing like, like boo hiss. And he's, and he's laughing and doing it. And he's got a big smile on his face and we laugh. And that was it. That was it. I ran into Chris Carter on the streets of New York city and he hissed at me because I was in a Packers Jersey. It just, I had to I had to call one of my friends because it was it was too funny it was too perfect a moment the fact that I had pointed it out and said hey look that's Chris Carter and then he reacts to us that way it was and it was all in good fun it was not malicious at all it was it was funny it was meant to be funny and it was okay I just had to share that this was I felt this was a better platform to to share that story than Twitter so that is that is my Chris Carter story forever now uh, Aaron Rodgers. There's more information that has come out about his collarbone. I said yesterday on the podcast that the, the surgery may lengthen the timetable. Yes and no. There's some competing information here because Stefania Bell, ESPN's injury expert, has said that the, the plate could actually mean that Rodgers has mobility in, his, in, in that part of his body sooner because the plate keeps the bone in place if if that is what they're doing. We don't know what kind of surgery is being performed. And that could actually speed recovery time. There's another kind of surgery, depending on the kind of break, where they can just shave down the bone and and that can have its own recovery time. We don't know what kind of surgery this is. Rob Domofsky from ESPN points out that the the break in 2013 and or did not end Rodgers' season, and they didn't say it was going to end his season, and that happened in week nine. This break was in week six, and immediately they floated this was season ending. So are we to infer that this, this break is more serious, or is it because it's on his right side? We don't know the answers to those questions. And until we do, we will not have nailed down a time frame for this injury and, and the recovery time that it will take to get there. Here's what I can tell you. I went back and I watched basically every throw Brett Hundley has made in his pro career of consequence. I didn't go back and watch the garbage time throws that that he's made in in games to this point, but I went back and watched all his preseason snaps and I watched the Vikings game multiple times. What I wanted to get was a feel for for where he was in his development, his strengths, and his weaknesses. And, And this is Brett Hundley week at the Acme Packing Company blog. Jason Hershorn, my colleague, wrote about it for today. 
I will have a, a an extensive piece out tomorrow with gifts and with with interviews about what this offense is going to look like based on the strengths and weaknesses of Brett Hundley. But I wanted to get into it a little bit before we bring on Mike Triplett. One of the things I noticed against Minnesota was the Vikings played almost exclusively during reps that mattered with one deep safety. And the reason they did this was so that they could load the box, stop the run, and dare Brett Hundley to beat them. And he couldn't. And one of the reasons he couldn't was the screen game was an abomination. There were two throws that were just terrible. The blocking was a joke. It was a disaster. And the general execution, the timing of it was was bad. And then you add on the fact that the Vikings defense is extremely well-schooled. They're fast. They were not going to let screens and draws beat them. And later in the game, when, when Brett Hundley settled in a little bit, he was able to start making some throws. When the Vikings went up two scores, they started to play a little bit more two deep safeties. We're not going to let you beat us over the top. And Hundley was able to make some underneath throws. But what's interesting to me is the things that Brett Hundley excels at in the passing game, and this is true going back to his UCLA days, are throws outside the numbers. Outs, goes, comebacks. He can drive the ball outside the numbers. Better than most young quarterbacks, I would say. On tape, there are not a ton of digs, posts, throws to the middle of the field, down the seam. They're just not there. And part of the reason is, this is this was my Madden strategy for a long time. That is where the congestion is, and that is where you're most likely to, to throw a pick. He has the arm strength to really pump a slant in there. He threw a couple to Randall Cobb against the Vikings, right on time, right in rhythm. And that was impressive to see. Green Bay loves the slant-flat combination where the outside receiver runs the slant, the inside slot receiver runs um, an arrow route basically going to the sidelines, and you're you're hoping to create confusion and space. That was the play that, that Hunley's first interception was on. He threw the arrow that was covered. He basically predetermined where he was going to go with the ball. As the game went on, he became more comfortable. And the interesting thing about single-high defense— There was a time in Jordy Nelson's prime, especially, where when the Packers saw a single high safety, Rodgers was just going to take a shot with Nelson no matter what. Now, Jordy doesn't run like that anymore, but Hunley excels throwing fades and goes. And you saw it. They went after two straight drives where the Packers ran on the first two downs and then tried to throw it on third down. The first play of that third series, they went play action and took a deep shot to Jordy. And it was just like a step out of his reach, but it was a beautiful throw to the sideline. Just just a step too far. A couple drives later, he throws a magnificent fade stop to Jordy Nelson. And the thing about the fade stop is you don't call a fade stop. That's not in the playbook. You call a fade, and the fade stop just happens. The quarterback and the receivers know. The, the quarterback throws it, and the receiver recognizes it. It takes timing. It takes trust. And it takes accuracy. The fact that, that Hunley was able to show that in his first game is promising. The things that you have to do to beat single high defenses, beating outside coverage, especially press coverage, which is what they're going to see. It's going ma- to be man you up, and we dare you to beat us, Brett Hunley. Green Bay is going to go play action to, get, to create space, keep those linebackers up. They did it a couple times against the Vikings and couldn't get those deep shots, but then they started going play action just to get some intermediate routes. And Hunley hit a couple outs, one to Devontae Adams, one to Jordy Nelson. This offense can be run through Brett Hunley. 
He has the skills to do the things you have to do to beat the coverages he's going to see. The question is whether they're going to be able to do it. And when teams do go with two deep safeties, can Green Bay run the ball well enough to make them pay for it? And so the, the teams like New Orleans have an interesting conundrum. And I talk about it with Mike Triplett. Do you attack or do you disguise? Minnesota attacked. New Orleans has excelled attacking. Is it better to, to rush for someone like Cameron Jordan can create havoc all on his own? Rush for, drop seven, and make him read defenses and, and make plays that way. We don't know the answer. It'll be interesting to see what they decide. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. All right, let's get to Mike Triplett. He covers the, the New Orleans Saints for ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Triplett, one P, two T's. The Saints coming off a 52-38 win over Detroit on last Sunday in the Superdome. Well, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome now. And it was a game they had a 45-10 lead in and almost blew. So this defense is going to have something to prove coming in. They're going to be pissed off, and they're going to be licking their chops at Brent Hundley. All right, let's bring in Mike Triplett. Mike, thanks for joining Locked On Packers. Happy to join you. Got the hottest team in the NFL coming to Green Bay, right? And not at the best time for Green Bay, obviously. Uh, the the injury to Aaron Rodgers changes the complexion of this by you know a factor of ten. So this was obviously a game coming into the the season where you look at it and you say on the road at Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers, this is going to be tough. It changes a lot, and and New Orleans has been playing really good ball the last few weeks. Well, they really haven't, especially on defense. I mean, the the, the flip flop in what you expected this game to be a month ago versus what you expect it to be now is crazy because you thought the Saints' defense, which has struggled so badly and really struggled in the first two weeks, Sam Bradford and the Vikings torched them in, in the season opener, and then Tom Brady and the Patriots in week two. They gave up over a thousand yards in the first two weeks, and you thought, "Oh, when they go, when they go see Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know he's going to throw for 400." But now it's the opposite. They've been really aggressive and attacking. Um, they had five takeaways and three defensive touchdowns, which was a franchise record the other day against Detroit. And and now they're the aggressive, attacking, hot defense that. Uh, gets the first crack at Brett Hundley. So uh, it, it's the exact opposite kind of mismatch that it, it felt like a month ago. Can you imagine the Saints scoring 52 points and Drew Brees throwing for 186 yards? I mean, that seems impossible. And only one touchdown pass. Yeah, and it was the first time since 2009 where the Saints ran for more yards than they passed for. The first time in eight years. Um, yeah. and, and the first time they ever scored three defensive touchdowns. So it took a lot for that to be the case. I mean, I guess it makes some sense that Breeze didn't have more passing yards because they were up 45-10 to 10 at one point. They almost blew that 45-10 lead. And actually, it, it turned that 52-38 win into sort of a wake-up call game that, you know, people were upset about afterwards because they almost blew that lead. They let Detroit score 28 unanswered in the second half, mostly because the offense couldn't get off the field and Breeze threw a pick six. So, 
Um, you, you've got a team that's won three straight games that just scored 52, and they're a little angry and feel like they need to clean things up. Yeah, it's kind of the best-case scenario for a game in which you score 52 and win, right? That that <laughs> things didn't quite finish the way you wanted, and now Sean Payton gets to go in the locker room and say, hey, guys, we almost blew a game that we scored 50 <laughs> points in. we got to clean this up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look, uh, the offense has not been perfect this year, but the offense <laughs> really good we know that um and and so it's the defense's rise that is going to make or break this team if they can prove this to be legitimate one player i want to single out in particular because he had a pick six last week but also because i i just i absolutely loved him coming out of college and that's marshawn Lattimore. and it seems like he's picked up the game as a redshirt sophomore he's picked up the nfl game faster than i think probably even he thought he would well no i don't know he's a pretty confident guy um but you know, one thing he is outstanding at is man-to-man coverage. Um, I think where he's had a little welcome to the NFL is when they play zone. And in those first two games, as I said, when they were getting torched by opposing defenses, some receivers were running wide open through busted coverages. And I think Marshawn Lattimore had his share in that, too. Um, he wasn't the biggest culprit, but, you know, he had a couple missed assignments, too. So he hasn't just been perfect. But when it comes to man-to-man coverage, he, he really looks like a lockdown type of guy. and he's Absolutely in his element. Absolutely this game is not too big for him. Um, so far, they really haven't done a ton of shadowing with him. And I guess I don't know how many teams do that against Green Bay anyway, because why, why would you shadow one receiver when the other ones are so good? But, um, but you know, it'll be an interesting matchup for him. It'll probably be – I'm trying to scan back in my head now. But, I mean, it's probably going to be the, the best receivers, definitely the the best depth of receivers that he's faced yet in his NFL career. How much credence do you put into the idea that the Saints are a, a different team on the road? I mean, the home road splits sort of do speak for themselves, but are, are I mean, I assume they're aware of it and, and they understand, and yet it, it it does seem like pretty consistently they perform so much better at home. Is it more that they're just great at home, or is there is there an issue on the road? Well, now their win-loss record isn't necessarily better at home. And as a matter of fact, before they won this game against Detroit, they were 8-14 and 14 over their last 22 home games, which is just wow. stunning um, You know, for a team that used to dominate home. But, yeah, I mean, in, in the fantasy realm, I think people have learned that, you know, Drew Brees and, and uh, Brandon Cooks when he was here, you know, were always better at, at putting up the, the offensive totals um, inside the Superdome, which makes a lot of sense, obviously, with the fast track and all that. But, uh, you know, they just have to find different ways to win when they go on the road. And obviously that means a lot of times leaning on your run game more, being efficient, short passes, ball security, um, playing good defense. Uh, a lot of things they've been really good at this year. So they, they are not a team that's not built to travel. Um, but, you know, obviously it's tougher for all teams to play on the road. And, um even without Aaron Rodgers, Lambeau Field is a pretty imposing place to go play. But, but yeah, they, as you said earlier, um, getting Green Bay at the right time, not just Aaron Rodgers, the offensive line injuries, the secondary injuries. It's its its become a game they have to take advantage of, really. It's, it's kind of crazy that they were able to trade Adrian Peterson and then have their best rushing performance of the season. <laughs> well, look – one of the, there were many reasons why Adrian Peterson didn't fit, and and none of them were, you know, that he didn't look any good anymore. 
but, you know, the Saints just are not a run-first team. Uh, when games go a certain way, they're quick to abandon the run. Um, they want their running backs to be pass catchers because they throw the ball to their running backs as much as they run. It's it's very rare for them ever to have a 30-carry game or or a, a individual back with 20-plus carries. It's just not what they do. So when they had Mark Ingram and they had Alvin Kamara and they had Adrian Peterson, there just wasn't enough to go around. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, the timing was a little bit of a shame because Peterson would have probably gotten some touches and maybe, you know, 50 yards or maybe even a touchdown in this game, the way the run game was working and then they were playing with the lead. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, their run game is always capable of that. They just don't do it all that often. I have to imagine the the quick ascension of Alvin Kamara had a huge impact in the Adrian Peterson decision. I mean, he's averaging over six yards a carry on the season against the Lions. He had 10 carries for 75 yards. He's he's become a big part of this offense, and it's not hard to see why when every time he touches the ball, it seems like he's creating something positive. Well, there's no question. And, um, you know, Sean Payton acknowledged that Kamara was a big part of the reason why uh, Peterson was expendable. Now they don't do the exact same thing. Ingram is the main reason why Peterson was expendable, and Ingram is still the number one back. And and you saw it in this game where they both had great games. You know, uh, Ingram probably still got, I think it was something like fifty, close to fifty snaps, and 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 Kamara was a little over thirty. It was like forty-seven to thirty-one or something. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but. Um, you know, so that's still the distribution, and Ingram's still the guy running the ball the most. But Kamara's absolutely shown an ability to run between the tackles. He had a 50-yard touchdown run with the first string in the preseason. He's had some nice runs. Um, but, yeah, obviously also a pass catcher sort of in the mold of Darren Sproles and Reggie Bush in years past with the Saints, a, a little bigger guy than those guys were. But, uh, you know, the Saints know how to use those joker backs who, who can run and catch and uh it's a great one-two punch for them. One of the things that the Vikings did against Brett Hundley to pretty great success was they played a lot of single high safety. They stacked the box, and they basically said, Brett Hundley, we dare you to beat us. Do you expect the Saints to take a similar uh, aggressive? They they blitzed Harrison Smith a ton, used him all over the field. Do you expect the Saints to take the same sort of approach? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what they do because one thing that has really been working for the Saints these last couple weeks is being attacked and aggressive and blitzing a lot. And uh, it certainly worked against Matthew Stafford this past week. Not only did they have five sacks and five turnovers, they batted down nine of his passes, which was like the most recorded uh, by any team wow. since that existed in 2006. Uh, so uh, aggressive has worked for them. But in the past, I do think when they get an inexperienced quarterback, they don't always think just blitz and attack because then the quarterback can go to his hot read or he can take off running. They would much rather probably try to disguise and confuse. Um, so it'll be interesting how they play it, but, but one way or another, the concept of make Brett Hundley beat us is absolutely going to be at the forefront of their game plan. I, I just, I want to, I want to go big picture here for a second too, before we wrap up. And that is, um, a year or two ago, Drew Brees, the arm strength was looked like it was waning a little bit for, for the beginning of the season. He was coming off a, a shoulder injury, and he's been as good as ever this year, it seems. Well, I would say last year he was as good as ever, not, not as good as ever. I mean, 2009 to 2011, he was as good as any quarterback ever has ever been. Um, but last year was his best year in the last five years. 
Uh, I thought he was really good last year. This year, he's probably been a little bit more of a B-plus compared to his standard. Um, but, you know, uh, obviously a slightly disappointing performance, even in a big win, as we talked about um, the other day. But still, yeah, I, I think there was doubts about arm strength and as he getting older. I think he was playing hurt a couple years ago and uh, kind of admitted it later after the season and, uh, you know, had – minor injuries or nagging injuries for a series of two years. And then when he was completely fully healthy for an entire off season and season last year, he reminded everybody that, that he has barely slowed down. So yeah, he's still getting through breeze at, and as good as he's been since the, the probably since 2011. The the line on this game right now, I think is new Orleans minus six and, and on the road. At <laughs> it keeps Lambeau. changing though, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It, it's gone all over the place. I, that, that just, that seems like a lot. Cause if, if Aaron Rodgers is in this game, it's probably green Bay minus six or seven. And so to, to have that big a swing for Rodgers, you have to believe Hunley is, is bad. I personally don't, but I just I, I'm, I'm interested to sort of hear ultimately what you think um, this game is going to come down to and who you think wins. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if Green Bay was all cylinders firing except for Aaron Rodgers, that the line probably wouldn't have moved that much. But I mean, I think I think it was the public getting savvy to uh, you know. Uh, Drawing a blank, was it Quentin Rollins went on IR the other day? Yep, uh, Quentin Rollins. Uh, the whole offensive uh, line is banged up. Yeah, and then most tackles are questionable yep. with injuries, and, and you know a guard is questionable with injury. I, you know, I think it's the overwhelming amount of injuries that Green Bay is dealing with. That you know, and then obviously the the Saints playing so unexpectedly well. I mean, I'm seeing these power rankings around the league where they're going from like. I know in ESPN, they went from like 23 to 14th. Uh, I think the NFL Network or NFL.com had a or something. You know, it's like all of a sudden, the Saints are the darling team in the NFL. Um, so, you know, the public's probably ready to bet on the Saints, and the public's probably ready to bet against Green Bay. Uh, it's a little generous. You know, I was just talking with the other readers. I'm going to pick the Saints to win this week. But this just feels like the ultimate trap game where, like, everything is screaming, oh, Green Bay doesn't have a chance, and it's like, the Saints are still going on the road across the country, you know, to a tough place to play, probably in weather they're not used to, you know, still fall weather, not winter weather. But, you know, uh, it, it's one of those, like, the, the line is, is probably frighteningly too high in favor of the Saints. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think right now it's like 27-24. I mean, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be inside a one-score game. I think it's going to be more competitive than, than people think. But, I, you know, it, it's hard to pick the Packers at this point, given we don't know – Who's going to play on the offensive line? They were down three starters in the secondary against Minnesota. Like, can we know who's going to play, and then maybe we can have a better idea? It's it's almost it's weird that it, you know we're we're only three or four days away from the actual game, and it's like, well, we don't we don't know who's going to play for Green Bay. Yeah, exactly, and I'm sure that had a big impact. The other thing though is the Saints have proven, I'm sure the savvy betters too, uh, uh, line makers, the Saints have proven that. This year so far, they can play the type of game you need to play to go in Green Bay and win. They had not turned the ball over until the second half of the Detroit game all season. They're one of three teams in NFL history with no turnovers through the first four games this year. And um, the run game, as we said, the run game proved to be very good against Detroit. But even if it's not a run game necessarily, they can throw those high percentage passes to both Kamara and Ingram and, and move the chains and, and uh, you know, play that sort of ball control game. So they do have the ability to, to, to 
go in and play the type of uh, high percentage offense that it, that it takes to control a game like this on the road. Yep, uh, it's I, I do think it's going to be a good game. It, I'm I'm anxious to see Brett Hundley, and I, I think it it's uh, interesting. You pointed out how how the Saints would would probably like to play this game defensively versus how. Um, they've been playing and what's working for them. So I think that's going to be an interesting chess match between, um, you know, two two head coaches that have been linked ever since they they got their respective yeah. jobs in Sean Payton and Mike The McCarthy. survivors. Yeah. The only two who survived from that, like, 10-man yeah. coaching year. <laughs> and they both won Super Bowls, coaches. rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. And, all right, now I got one for you. All right. Um, I do a lot of uh, fantasy work for ESPN, too, but personally – I need a I need a backup quarterback on like this twenty team league that I'm in. And, and two new quarterbacks have come into the league. So do I do I blow my entire free agent budget on Brett Hundley or CJ Beathard? Who's who's the better bet? I'm going to need one one of these guys to actually start games for me. At some it's point. it's got to be Hundley if for no other reason than there's he has such better weapons like who is cj bethard throwing to versus who is brett hunley throwing to when you have nelson adams cobb allison bennett kendricks and aaron jones and ty montgomery like do do does san francisco have any skill position players who would start for green bay peter garcon would probably wedge his way in he's, he's yeah. always underrated okay. but you make an excellent point <laughs> a 20 20 team league man that's that's that is serious <laughs> commitment to fantasy but I, I respect it so uh, Mike, I appreciate you joining the show. Thanks for taking the time. All right. Thank you. I want to thank Mike for joining Locked On Packers. I appreciate his insight. It is going to be interesting to see how defenses play Brett Hundley. When my piece goes up tomorrow, um, it's something that, that I want to discuss in a little bit greater detail. The extra show will allow us to do that. I also want to tell you that Josh Katzenstein, who used to who used to cover the Detroit Lions and, and now covers the New Orleans Saints, for the time as Picayune is going to join us on Friday because we are going to have five shows this week. So tomorrow will be will be a further breakdown of, of what we're going to expect to see on Sunday. That's what I'm going to go through in an, an in-depth scouting report, as in-depth as I can be. And I, I really want to get deep on what we think this offense is going to look like. We'll update you on injuries because we should have a better idea of the status of players like Morgan Burnett, Kevin King, Devon House, What's the situation with David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga? We'll get you up to date on what that's going to mean for the game on Sunday, which means there's a ton of information that you need and that I'm going to try and do my best to provide to you, which means, you know what that means. You have to stay locked on Packers. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.